I'm Deborah Garlick from Henpicked Menopause in the Workplace. Deborah is the founder of a website called Henpicked. It's for women aged over 40, and three years ago, a TV network got in touch with her and asked if she knew of any organisations with a menopause policy. It was a bit of an interesting question for me. I'd never seen one, and as I'd not seen one, I didn't think anybody else would either. So I got in touch with a lot of the HR directors that I know and said, do you have a menopause policy? And it was a resounding, no, we don't. But there were a few of the HR directors that came back and said, but if you've got one, I'd like to have a look at it. It's fascinating, isn't it, that not a single HR you spoke to had a policy or even really thought about it. And having researched it myself, it is just, I think, the first area I've ever come across where no one is talking about it. Not even women are talking about it. Why do you think that is? It's a complete mystery, isn't it? Because um, we haven't invented this. Menopause has always been around. For as long as there have been women, there's been menopause. But what is very different, Philippa, is that um, there are more women in the workplace than ever before. Menopausal women are the fastest growing workforce demographic. And of course, we're working for later. Um, so once upon a time, you know, when early early retirement was on the radar, maybe some women could just think, well, I'll get through this. I'm going to be retiring in a couple of years. Um, but with, with, with menopause average age being around about 51 and women working until the late 60s, um, menopause can be a real bump in the road. And something that completely can completely derail some women's um, career, the work, it's an absolute mystery. But when you say um, lack of awareness, this isn't just lack of awareness in the workplace. It, it's generally, it's UK-wide. A lot of people will say, well, uh, men don't know a lot about menopause, but we actually say neither do women. So give us a bit of a primer, Deborah. On, I mean, as you say, it's not a thing people know about. It's not a thing even women know about. What sort of symptoms are we talking about? What sort of time frame are we talking about? Time frame wise, I think that's one of the biggest misunderstandings. We have women, a woman said to me earlier on this week, um, I I, I don't think I can be, um, it can be menopause because I'm not 50 yet. Uh And certainly when we start talking to organisations, the conversations often, well, we don't have many women in their 60s and 50s (laughs) working for us. Um, So that, that is a good place to start. You know, the average age for menopause is 51. But um, symptoms start years before that, in the 40s. And that's for women that go through menopause at the average age. There are so many women that go through menopause early naturally or as a result of surgery or um, illnesses like cancer. Cancer treatments can um, uh, cause menopausal symptoms. So timeframe-wise, we have to adjust our own mindset Um, But you mentioned symptoms. Now, we all recognise hot flushes. It's the stereotypical menopausal symptom. But some work we did last year, around about 5,400 people filled in the survey. And what was very clear is it's not always the physical symptoms. Actually, it was the psychological symptoms that were getting in the way most. So what was on on that list? It was insomnia, fatigue anxiousness, nervousness, um, problems with recall. Often women feel that they're, I'll say, falling to bits. We hear women saying, I thought I'd got early onset dementia. As Deborah says, it's not uncommon for women to go and get tested for early onset dementia when in fact they had menopausal symptoms. 
And it's not just men who don't know about the symptoms, it's all of us. Deborah's other revelation about menopausal women being the fastest growing sector of the workforce is vitally important too. I'm Rachel Seff and I work in the public policy team at the CIPD and I lead on health and wellbeing issues. Rachel has been instrumental in the CIPD's new work on menopause. So tell me, in a business context, from an employer's point of view, why does menopause matter? It matters because if you think about the age range that people are affected by the menopause, uh, that's about 45 to 55, nearly 4 million women are in that age group, over 50, in work. And nearly every one of us will experience the menopause. Around 80% of those women will experience symptoms. So it is a really significant health issue. So if you're serious as an employer about attracting and retaining women, your female talent, you have to take the menopause seriously as a health issue. This is a highly personal matter for women, perhaps even more intimate than pregnancy or fertility treatment, for example. They probably won't want to discuss it at work, but some will find they just have to because their symptoms are so hard to manage. So the task for employers is to create a culture where everyone knows about menopause and can have those conversations if they need to or want to. I think you're right and I think some of the symptoms can be quite intimate, it can feel quite personal, so for example things like hot flushes, heavy bleeding, you know we have to talk about these things quite openly and I think the key to it at work is just trying to open up the conversation and I think the less embarrassed you are as a manager for example in that organisation the less embarrassed women will be to raise the issue and I think the responsibility is on the organisation to try and create that open environment you'll find that it can happen quite quickly that opening up of the culture we talk about it much more now in our own organisation at the CIPD much more opening it's really made a big difference and if you think about it even um, young men may come up against this issue because they might have a mother who's going through the menopause and some men in the organisation have been really pleased to have the chance to talk about it the menopause I realised that until I started working on this project I don't think I'd really had a conversation um, about the menopause and now I've had lots and lots and lots and that can create a really positive sort of knock-on effect just so intrigued by this because every woman we speak to says exactly the same thing that no one is ever talking about the menopause it's the only common it's the it's the greatest taboo isn't it i mean I think it in, is in researching this this program has made us realize this is the greatest workplace taboo we've ever encountered and i think a lot of people the trouble is they don't even realize it is a taboo because it's it's so buried and not even talked about. And I think that makes a lot of people in organisations think, well, I shouldn't talk about it. Maybe it's not appropriate appropriate for me to actually mention the menopause. Am I putting my foot in it? Yeah. I was shocked to realise there are about, oh, at least 40 different symptoms you can have. Everyone's going to experience them in a different way, probably. They're going to fluctuate. So what you need from your employer can change over time as well. You need to have that ongoing conversation with your manager. And the time frame can really vary. We talk about average age 45 to 55, quite a lot of women much earlier, quite a lot of women 
much later. But generally, we can be talking about, I think it's an average of about seven, eight years of symptoms, isn't it? It's a long time. Yes, and I hadn't realised that as well before I really started looking at this as part of the project. And it was an eye-opener for me as well. I thought it was something that maybe lasted a couple of years. You came through the other end. That's not necessarily the case. The symptoms, (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you, can go on for many years. And we have the postmenopausal situation. We have the perimenopause before the menopause and that can last for several years when your hormones are starting to change then we have the menopause itself and then afterwards as well you might still have some of these symptoms so it's a very personal issue as far as how far your symptoms are going to affect you and for how long there's another side to this and that's stigma in the past menopause women have been acutely stigmatized And at work, that can potentially lead to a whole range of negative or outright illegal discriminatory behaviours. Deborah Garlick. Absolutely, stigma. Um, I think that one's evident that um, how many women don't talk to their line manager about menopause. Or indeed Um, each other. Or indeed each other, yes. Um, And and that is something that's UK-wide. That's not just something that happens in the organisation. And and when you think... Um, the perception, we mentioned it earlier, about menopausal age. And certainly one of the graduates that we started working with, his first question was, aren't all menopausal women retired? So that shows what they think... I know, um, whether we all, all we men, menopausal women are, um, are so much older than people think. So why would a woman put a hand up and say, actually, I'm menopausal when there's this perception that, you know, it's so much older? OK, for organisations thinking, yes, we need to get onto this, it's crazy not to on all sorts of levels. What is the starting point? First of all, trying to open up the culture so people can talk about it openly. Therefore, women don't feel embarrassed about uh, going and having a conversation with their manager about some tweaks and changes they might want to their uh, working day. But I think as well, look at what your framework is. Do you have any support that could be helpful? Because it's a health issue, just like any other health issue, it should be treated as such. Um, So do you have things available like counselling and so on? But then I think it's looking at issues like sickness absence. You might need to take a bit more short-term absence if you've had terrible uh, nights, for example. So it's been flexible around hours of work. And then I think definitely training and educating line managers they need to be knowledgeable so they're not embarrassed when somebody comes to talk to them. Yes, you don't want any squirm factor, do you, in those conversations? No, you need to talk about the symptoms. You need to understand what the symptoms are. And here's an organisation that's trying to address menopause head on. Network Rail has 4,000 women on the payroll. Some work in office roles, others are out and about in railway maintenance, engineering and construction roles. Janet Trous is head of HR System Operator. So we started in 2017, not so long ago, okay. but we were doing it as a passion, it has to be said. And in truth, my colleague and I started from the point of personal experience of menopause. Uh-huh. We also recognised that something needed to be done. As we talked with colleagues, it's quite evident that it is a challenging thing to be talking about any sensitive subject, whether it's mental health, any diversity challenge. But menopause in particular is it's a the word big one. that's not said out loud. So when you started chatting with women about it, did it quickly become apparent that there were problems, they were experiencing difficulties and they wished that stuff would be done for them? Absolutely. So how did you start that process then? How did you put the word out that this was something that you wanted to see discussed? 
Uh, we started by structuring up uh, terms of reference, going really bog standard. So we treated it as a proper project and not as a sort of personal campaign. I think with a, a subject area such as menopause, it's really important to not make it too personal. Um, so if you're engaging the, um, the finance directors or, or very senior people, it's being able to talk about it in a people context, but importantly, in a business context. It was an educative process for everyone in the organisation, regardless of gender. And simply having the conversation helped a lot of women who had been suffering in silence. I think it's really comforting when you talk to people and they may have experienced similar type symptoms. That in itself normalises what people are going through. So I'll give you an example. For me personally and for many women, I know that we can become quite forgetful. Um, we can start to lose our confidence a little bit because we start to make it be to be a bigger thing than it actually is. This reassurance and comfort that women feel by coming together and talking about their experience of menopause at work has produced some innovative ideas, such as menopause cafes. Here's Deborah Garlick again. Menopause cafes in organisations or outside have been something that some organisations have adopted because that brings women together to talk about it. And, and just being able to talk about it is good for you, you know. That was some work that was done at, um, at King's College in London that talking about uh, menopause is actually a way of relieving menopause. It might sound a bit strange for some people. Um, but if you're bottling it up and not talking about it, or actually we hear a lot from women that it's reassuring that they're not alone. Uh-huh. At Network Rail, Janet has done a lot of thinking about the problems that her menopausal colleagues were having and what she could usefully do to make life better for them at work. There are so many things that you can do within an office or an external environment to think about temperature control, um, clothing, hours. I mean, never before um, has flexible working been so important, I think, in the workplace. And this is around insomnia? Is, is that what's yes. driving that? So, you know, I know of a colleague who sleeps so badly um, that, you know, she probably falls asleep at four or five in the morning. So to get up at seven is just not on. And why would any employer try and hold her to that? Because it becomes unsafe, not just for her, but for the people around her. Or just making poor decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever your job. It, whatever your job. There are big wins for employers here in reputation, recruitment and retention, to name just three. A menopause-friendly organisation is going to surprise and appeal to women job seekers. And, of course, it's a great way to push inclusivity into new territory. This ticks all of the boxes for HR, diversity and inclusion, equality, health and safety. It is, you're looking at the potentially reducing absence. Now, I, I don't necessarily like to associate menopause with absence, but we know a lot of women don't know they're experiencing menopause. They don't feel great, but they can't put the finger on what it is. Um, so raising that awareness does um, we've only got verbatim statistics at the moment, but um, it does appear to be um, a, a bit a tick in the box for absence. 
just thinking about the sort of adjustments that employers might want to think about in this context, we're not generally talking about complex things, are we? No, we're not talking about complex things. And I think that's something that we find interesting when we're training line managers, because when they see the big numbers and they start to understand the context, you can sometimes see line managers thinking, crikey, what have I got to do? Yes, with all this of work. this. This yeah. is this, how, how am I going to run my team if we're going to have this, or um, how 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 is this going to work? But actually, it's often the small things that make a world of difference for a short period of time. While a woman um, gets that support and learns how to manage her symptoms, it's not forever. Network Rail has deliberately made its menopause policy publicly available. Our information, and I've purposely done this with menopause, is we put it onto our Safety Central site, which is accessible externally as well as internally, which means that we can engage with our suppliers and contractors, anybody we deal with, and actually, if you want to, you can look at that information. So a member of the public can go on that site? Correct, yes. And I think that's really important. And then there's retention, and this is a huge issue around menopause. Here's Deborah. There is research that says one in four women considers leaving work as a result of their experience around menopause. I've seen data that says 10% of women stop work due to difficulties around menopausal symptoms, which struck me as a very big number indeed. It really is a big number, 10% leaving, and and the big number of one in four women considering it. Now, when you think of business case, and we know from Oxford Economics, it costs around about 30,000 to replace a colleague on an average salary of around about 25 thousand pounds that's not just the recruitment process that's the induction the bringing them up to speed and you know you don't have to avoid many people many women leaving the organization for this to be a significant payoff and we should say of course and everyone everybody will understand this there are legal obligations here too you know workplace conditions you cannot exacerbate someone's medical symptoms discrimination so issues around training advancement, career progression, all those questions get wrapped into this, don't they? Because of people's perceptions about what it means when a woman is menopausal. Yeah, and again, I don't think a lot of employers realise that, you know, there is a really strong compliance case to take the menopause seriously. Uh, We have had case law at tribunal where somebody's symptoms are so severe that it's considered a disability. Um, There's also the whole body of health and safety legislation. You have to assess as an employer the risks to people's health. Um, And that includes looking at factors in the workplace that could exacerbate somebody's symptoms. So there's a very hard-edged business case supporting this too. So do you think we'll see more of that? Because obviously, you know, more women are working longer. There are more women in the workplace who are going to be menopausal. And the call for appropriate adjustments and just for the workplace to be more menopause friendly, they're going to be louder, aren't they? I think, yeah, I think you're right, because with more awareness as well, you could have more complaints being brought, because a lot of women themselves might not be fully aware of uh, the implications of what their menopausal symptoms might mean at work. And the rights they have. And the rights they have. So with more awareness, we'll bring more awareness about people's regulatory position and their ability to bring a claim and I think once you've had successful claims at tribunal and they've been around sex discrimination and around 
disability discrimination already, uh, that's already put precedent on the statute books. This may very well be the first discussion you've ever heard about menopause at work. But I think we can say with confidence it won't be the last. If you'd like to brief yourself about menopause and how you can help to smash that taboo around it, you'll find all the CIPD guidance in one handy place. cipd.co.uk slash menopause. Thanks for listening and join us next month.